for those who I don't know, uh, I'm Dave, my wife Tegan, who's in Fiji on the build at the moment with our middle daughter, um, uh, run the welcoming team. So anyone who was new, I hope you were welcomed in nicely and uh, if not, come and see me later. Um, but uh, I've been asked to speak today on being sent, which is the theme, um, but I've been asked to speak on being sent with nothing. And uh, there's plenty of times in my life where I've thought I actually don't have what I need and I'll talk a little bit about that. But the first thing that came to me when I got asked to preach on this was day one, grade one, was about 1974 if you want to work that out. And uh, I went into class and we had a lady teacher, Mrs Telfer, she was quite scary. And... Uh, we were sitting down at the front, and I can, I can still picture this, and she said, um, how do you spell one? And uh, I put my hand up, thinking this is going to be easy school. And um, she said, yes, David, well, how do you spell? I said, W-A-N. And uh, she said, well, thank you for that. You can sit back down again. And uh, Amanda Hart, who was a very smart girl the whole way through school, puts her hand up and, yes, Amanda, how do you spell one? She said, O-N-E, and I just laughed. I thought, that spells own, <laughs> not one. Anyway, Mrs Telfer said, David, can you come out the front? And I thought, well, I'm going to get my participation award for at least trying here. And she grabbed me by my ear and she took me out to the corridor and said, can you please not be so disruptive during class? And at that moment, I don't remember thinking it then, but I can imagine I would have thought... I've been sent to school and I've actually got no idea. I've got nothing. Now, I can't blame my parents for that. It's more to do with the fact that I didn't like school and uh, day one, year one, I was pretty keen to get out of there. But that's not the theme of my message or that's not really the context. It was the first thing that came to me. But my message comes from a place where even though we think we may have all we want, we don't always have all we need. And there is a difference. And I wanted to start a little bit just with a little bit of my story. I grew up in a Christian family down at Victor Harbour. And we lived on a farm. I had my dog, my motorbike, um, played footy, had good friends. And life was great. I had everything that I wanted. And then when I was 15, my parents sat us down over dinner one night and said, look, we're going to move to Adelaide because we want to get involved in a, in a church in Adelaide. And for me at 15, and I don't know how you would have felt at 15 when you had everything that you wanted, I was like, no way. I'm going to move in with my mates. And uh, obviously at 15, I didn't have the opportunity to do that. So I ended up coming up to Adelaide. And everything that I wanted and everything that I had was taken away. Now... We moved to Adelaide and I got a new bunch of friends and I went to a different school and, and everything moved on. And I still had everything that I wanted. Started my apprenticeship as a carpenter, started getting paid. All of those things came and I had everything I wanted. And then after a period of time, I got married first time and that marriage broke down. And as much as I had everything I wanted, I went through a period of time of realising, and I didn't realise what it was that I needed, 
but I realised I didn't have what I need, uh, what I really needed. Things were going on that weren't quite making sense, even though I had everything that I wanted. Life kept going, good job, good car, everything that I wanted was still there. I met Tegan, and about nine months after we'd started dating, Tegan was pregnant. And I remember going to tell my parents, who had met her once, and telling them, and um, I was driving down the driveway, I think, I'm not sure I've got what I need to be able to tell them this. But I had everything I wanted. And at that point you think, well, is that the point in time, Dave, where you thought, oh, far out, everything's turned bad. But for me, it was a step of, this is great, I've got my girl, I've got a family coming along, everything's still heading in the right direction. But after a little while, having grown up in church, I thought to myself, I thought, well, we've got a young child. I think it's probably worth us going to church just so that he can be there and he can at least make a decision himself whether he believes in this or not. Because I didn't want that sort of guilt on me later in life of not giving him the opportunity to actually hear this, even though he would have anyway, somehow or another. So we started coming to church. Um, and it was here. We looked uh, up on the internet and we saw smiley Bruce and Julie's face. And 15 years later, we're still here. And what actually happened in that period of time was I slowly started to realise that as much as I had everything I wanted, what I needed was here. And we made new friends and we went through that stage and I still had everything that I wanted. And then one day... Um, I was sitting sort of over near Aaron and Lisa there and there was a message being preached and I sort of realised right there and then that what I need or the thing that's missing in my life is Jesus. And so there was nothing I could do. I just put my hand up and I, I gave my life to Jesus at that point in time. And then it was at that moment that I realised he was what I needed to add to everything that I had to make everything complete. Now, that doesn't change the fact that, you know, as, as Tim's been talking about and Aislinn as well, we still need to trust God because not every day is a great day. But we do know that we have been given everything that we need to be able to get through life. And it's very similar to the passage I'm going to talk a little bit about this morning from Matthew chapter 10. And this is where... Jesus is saying to his disciples, look, I'm, I, I, um, I've been raised from the dead and I'm going to go and I'm going to spend the rest of my time with God. But I'm going to leave you behind and I'm going to get you to do my work. Okay, so this is that moment in time in, in Matthew chapter 10 where Jesus actually says, look, guys, you've got everything that you need. Sorry, you've got everything that you want. And you've been given everything you need, but I want you to understand what that is. And you need to understand it clearly because you're going to do this yourself. Okay? And it says in Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him, gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and heal every disease and sickness. Now, that's pretty impressive to be able to do those things. And Jesus obviously was able to do those things whenever he wanted. But he had 
his disciples who were just people like us. But he had given them right there the power to do that. Goes on in verse 8. He said that you will heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely you have received and freely give. So what he's saying there is that you have received the Holy Spirit who will give you power and I want you to be able to go and use that power to do these things. But this is the bit when I was reading through this chapter I thought well this is sort of me in grade one. It says do not get any gold or silver or copper and take it in your belts. No bag for your journey or extra shirt or sandals or a staff for the worker is worth their keep. So what's he saying? He's saying, go out and do all of this stuff, impressive stuff that people will see, but I don't want you to take anything. Now, you can only imagine what the disciples thought to themselves when, they, when he actually said that to them. It's like, well, disciples, over to you. I'm heading off and I want you to be able to do all of these things. But he then puts the pressure on and says in verse 16, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. So that's another level of pressure. And for us, when our day-to-day life goes on, we need to be like that. We need to understand that there are people out there who are against us as Christians. There's people who are out there against people who aren't Christians. But we are particularly targeted. And imagine what the disciples said when all of this was told to them. It was like, are you serious? I'm not sure I signed up for this. Were you paying attention to how we did the miracles? How do we actually do this? How much spit and how much dirt do I need to make their to be so they can actually heal the blind person? Did anyone take down any notes? But not only was he asking them to do something that in their eyes was difficult, he was actually asking them not to take anything. And the reason was is because he wanted them to focus on him, not on the things they had. And there's so many verses that you can read through the Bible about the love of money and where where your heart is, Um, that is your God. And it's really important to understand in here that as much as we think we may not have what we need, we actually do because we've been given that power. And I don't know about you, if I was one of those disciples, I would have thought, well... Can you just hang around a little bit longer and keep teaching me how to do these things? Because it's so much easier to do it when you've actually got an expert or somebody else with you. Pastor Bruce spoke about that a couple of weeks ago. And I remember a time where a client of mine down in Mount Gambia, he bought himself a $300,000 Porsche. He was a car racer, uh, uh, raced cars. And he said to me, do you want to come out and take it for a drive? And I thought, sure. So we went out to the... Pine Forest out the back of Mount Gambia. I went for a little drive and uh, he said, well, I'll drive it now. And so he gets in. <clears throat> I do my seatbelt up, pull it nice and tight. And we drove past a sign, an 80-kilometre sign. It went like about that fast. Around the corner, we were meant to be doing 80 and I looked at the speedo and we were doing 220. And I then looked a little bit further across and I looked at his face and he had a big smile, and he was as calm as could be. I thought, well, I'll try and smile, but 
But I, uh, I realised at that point of time that he knew what he was doing. He didn't want to kill himself. And as much as the sign said 80, that applied to everybody who wasn't a racing car driver. <laughs> and we were able to get around the corner and here to tell the story. But the thing is here that the disciples would have thought exactly the same. If I actually can't pull off this miracle, if I can't raise somebody from the dead, if I can't do something, I'll just get Jesus to come in and he can tidy things up and it's all going to be okay. But that's not what was happening in this story here. They had everything and they also had everything they needed, but they needed to see that. Jesus was about to leave them. And at that point, they realised that their safety net in their worldly minds was about to go. But what they didn't realise, that they'd been given everything. Jesus had given them the Holy Spirit. He had given them the power. He'd actually said that, I give you, I'm giving you the power to be able to do these things. Raise people from the dead, heal the sick, make blind people see. But they needed to rely on what Jesus had told them. They couldn't just... Not, they had to think that through because very easy for us. I mean, we as Christians have that same power, but we still get up every day. As Aislinn, you were saying, and Tim, you were saying earlier, we've got to get up every day and work through the challenges of life. The Holy Spirit doesn't come and take over our life. He gives us the power to be able to get through it. And like most of us, I'm sure the disciples, as they work through this, ebbed and flowed in their ability to accept that. You know, there'll be those days where they, they do a miracle or they don't get thrown in jail and it's like, well, this is a great day. And then there's the other days that aren't quite so good and so their trust and their faith would have been tested. And so this whole thing of Jesus saying to his disciples to go and don't take anything isn't a matter of have or have not. It's about trust or trust not. It's about faith in Jesus and what he's given us. Because we can go through life expecting things to happen the way we would like them to. But that's not what Jesus is actually saying he's going to do. There's going to be good and there's going to be bad. Things are great and things aren't so great sometimes. But that doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit or Jesus is not with us. It means that life is getting in the way sometimes. We need to have confidence in him all the time, whether that be with our finances, whether it be with our health. You know, there's, there's days where you, you feel great, there's flu and COVID and all of these things going around, but that doesn't change the fact that Jesus is still in control. Whether you're starting a business, changing jobs, retiring... A new relationship, finishing a relationship, starting school. Whatever it could be, Jesus is with us and he's given us what we need. And when we have nothing left but God, we actually discover that God is enough. And it says in Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, many of us will know this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Now, that's easier said than done because we all like to control what we're doing day to day and not just sit back. And there's plenty of stories of people 
who I know who have said, well, God's in control, I'll sit back, I'll do nothing and just wait for the end outcome. And typically that end outcome is not as good as it could have been and that's not because they were let down. It's because they let themselves down. They didn't put in the effort. We've been given the ability to do things and we need to make sure that we do. Now, in all of this, don't get me wrong, I like lots of stuff, you know, houses and cars and all of those things. But we've got to be very clear that they aren't the things that guide our life. Because if they do, we get completely distracted. And in a world at the moment that says the more you have, the more powerful you are, or the more money you have, the more powerful you are, that's a complete, a complete contradiction to what God is saying. He's saying that if you put those things aside, and it may feel like you don't have everything that you need, if you put those things aside and trust me, you will open yourself up to far more of what the Holy Spirit can do. And that's not just the Holy Spirit, something that you might feel some tingles one day in church or whatever it might be. This is the Holy Spirit or the power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. The same power that has healed lots of people over the years. The same power that has saved lots of lives. The same power that has just helped people get through a day. Because not every day is a good day, but every day with the Holy Spirit is a good day. So my summary here is that we've all been called or we've all been sent. And we all have lots of things that we may like to have. But we've all been given or we all have access to exactly what we need, which is the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. And we need to be confident that although we may not understand exactly how that works, we have to understand that it's true because it's been promised that we will. And it isn't what we have but who we have that really matters. So... If the band can come back up, all of this that, we've, that I've spoken about this morning is based on a relationship because the Holy Spirit is available to each and every one of us, but the Holy Spirit will come on us when we accept him into our lives through Jesus. And... There are times, I'm sure, for all of us where we feel like we don't have what we need. That we've got what we might want, but we don't feel like we have what we need. But we've been promised that we have everything that we need to live a life that is honouring of God. And there are times where that may be a daily decision that we need to make as we walk through the challenges on a daily basis. But it's also a once-off decision that we need to make where we accept Jesus 
and say, I have everything I want, but I need something else. And I need you. And I don't know where everybody's at this morning. I don't know whether you need to make a decision for the first time or the 10th time. I don't know whether you need to open your heart to the Holy Spirit to come and release that power into you to be able to work through some of the challenges of life. But we should never feel that we don't have what we need. We've been given everything. Jesus died on the cross so that we can have that. And I think that as we are here now, it's a moment in time for us to just reflect on life, reflect on what we have, reflect on how we use that, reflect on how great life is with Jesus. And if you're in a situation where you don't have that relationship, I'll be down the front after. I'd love to pray with you. If you're watching online, there's a link on the website that you can go to and we'd love to pray with you as well. But right now, if we all shut our eyes and just reflect on do we have or do we acknowledge that we have what we need? And if you need a relationship with Jesus, you don't have to come down the front now or put your hand up. You just need to acknowledge him. Come down and talk to me afterwards. But if you're at a stage in life where you feel like you don't have what you need, I'd be more than happy to pray with you as well. There are times where we need to be part of this community where we do lift each other up and encourage each other. And if we can encourage you that you can get through challenges, then that's what we're here for as well because the Holy Spirit not only gives you the power, but gives all of us the power. So mighty God, I thank you that you are all we need. I thank you, Father, that you allow us to have the things that we want. And Lord, there are times when we feel we don't have everything that we need because we're focusing on what we want. And Lord, I pray this morning that you open our hearts to understand that you are everything, that you cover everything for us, that you change everything for us, and that you will give us the power to do those things you've called us to do. That where we've been sent, we've been sent for a reason, and that is to reflect you, to shine your light, to be that sweet fragrance, as John preached last Sunday, that people can understand who you are by what we do, by what we say, by how we act. And Lord, we know we can only do that through the power that you have given us. So this morning, Father, as we wrap up, I pray that you touch each and every heart here, that you open doors that have never been opened before, that you close doors that are distractions, that you lift us up, Father, to a point where we acknowledge you are what we need and we can reflect that. So thank you, Father. Amen.